Welcome to the Linglestown Life Podcast. In today's message, Pastor George preaches from our Advent series, It's a Special Christmas Special. His sermon features the movie Home Alone and is a message about connection and the complicated relationships we have with our families. This message was first preached on December 19th, 2021 at the Linglestown Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. to the Linglestown Life podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. This house is so full of people, it makes me sick. When I grow up, I'm living alone. Now, that was Kevin's response when everyone in the house started yelling at him, thinking that he was ruining everything for their Christmas. That's the opening scene in Home Alone. And my guess is that when you were 7 or 17 or maybe even 37, that you got a little exasperated with the people who were living under your roof, and you might have sounded a little bit like Kevin. As I said earlier this morning, how you feel about family is? That's right. How you feel about family is complicated. And that goes for all of us, all of us in the room, all of you watching at home today. How you feel is especially complicated at Christmas time, too. Uh, You know, last Christmas, we, a lot of folks didn't get together. Um, and they didn't see family. And so this year, this year is going to be different. This year you're going to have to, uh, <clears throat> to face off with that brother that thinks differently uh, about you regarding politics and masks and all of those various and sundry things. You're going to have to face off with that mother who doesn't quite approve of the lifestyle that you're living. There's that aunt that you're going to have to put up with who just never knows when to stop talking. <clears throat> Yeah, <clears throat> and then there's the new brother-in-law, the one that your si- you wish your sister hadn't married, but she did anyway. No, Daniel, I'm not talking about you. Don't, don't. No, I've just made these all up. You know, don't worry about that. Yeah. Then, of course, for some people, there might be an empty seat at the table because of someone who who died since last you got together. And let's be honest, for all of us, how you feel about family, it is complicated. And, And whether it's Home Alone or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation or Die Hard, which is a Christmas movie, because it combines both Christmas and family, um... What do the movies reveal to us? Families are all complicated, and at the same time, they're often very funny. Okay? Families are complicated, and they're funny. Even the, uh, even the families in the birth narratives, like we're, we're going to look at today, they are complicated. I mean, uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about, uh, about Matthew's genealogy of Jesus, 
And uh, we talked about the fact that, that in that Ancestry.com list that you find at the beginning of Matthew's Gospel that you never read because you're like, I can't even pronounce half those words. If you take the time to, to read the story about each of those names, you discover that there's a sex worker there, there's a murderer there, and I'll tell you what, that's just the beginning of the stories of some of the people that Matthew included in Jesus' genealogy. But you know what I like most about Jesus' genealogy in Matthew is it just reminds us that God's grace is always at work to draw people to Jesus, even in the most complicated situations. Now, last week we talked about Joseph, and we talked about the difficulty that, that he and Mary faced uh, because Mary was seemingly pregnant out of wedlock. And he and Mary had to endure all of these sideways glances from people, all these innuendos about this child that they were going to bring into the world. So from our own experience, from the experience of uh, the, the stories that we read about families in the Bible, let's get one thing straight this morning. I am not going to suggest to you in the next few minutes that there are three easy steps that you can take to be assured of being able to sit around the Christmas table and sing Kumbaya or we wish you a Merry Christmas. That only happens in Hallmark movies. <laughs> and in less than two hours, remember that, in less than two hours they can fix anything, okay? Um, why do we watch them? Because, because I think at the heart we hope that in two hours or less our, everything in our complicated families will be fixed. But, but, here's what all those stories remind us about. And that is that we need some connection in our life if we are going to ever get through the difficult days of life. We need a connection if we're going to get through the difficult days of life. And what I appreciate about the account that Luke provides today is how Mary is drawn to someone in her extended family who has this idea of what it is like to be pregnant when no one is expecting you to be pregnant. So we're going to read the story of, uh, of Mary's journey to visit with Elizabeth. Hear these words from Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. You know, when, when we read this whole account of, of 
Zechariah and Elizabeth and the miraculous birth that, that comes about that brings us John the Baptist that, that we read about here. Uh, when, we, when we start to, to put all these stories together of all of these different characters who make up these, these uh, birth narratives, well, one of the questions that, that to me has always baffled me and sort of given me pause <clears throat> is, is why, and, and I didn't read it today, but we read it the other day, um, why does Elizabeth stay in seclusion for five months after she becomes pregnant. Now, I don't have an answer to that. Y'all can think about maybe why that happened, but, but uh, when we get to the story and the angel coming to, to Mary, Mary says it's now the sixth month that your kinswoman Elizabeth is with child. So maybe, maybe, Mary, maybe Elizabeth has been hiding out. Uh, who knows what she's been doing? But for whatever reason, Mary knows that Elizabeth knows what's going on in her life. And in this account that we just read, Mary gets the news about this miraculous pregnancy that Elizabeth is in her sixth month. And, and while, while we don't know all the details that surround the story, I mean, you know, have you ever thought about this? Did Mary, like, text Joseph the same day that the, the angel showed up? I mean... Think about this for a moment, you know, angel shows up, tells you that you're going to have a baby. Do you go and tell the guy that you're pledged to be married to, hey, I'm going to have a baby, or, or do you have to give that a few days to, to process in your own head? And then, and then once Mary tells Joseph, you know, uh, the, the scripture seems to give us this idea that, that Joseph is sort of mulling things over in his head for a while, and then the angel shows up. So we don't know. You know, does all this happen in the course of 24 hours? Does it happen in the course of three weeks? I, I don't know how quickly it happened. But what we do know, what we do know is that once Mary finds out she is having a baby, she takes off for Elizabeth and Zechariah's house. And you have to imagine that as Mary is on her way to see Elizabeth, what's going through her mind over and over again is they're going to understand what's happening in my life. They're going to understand what's happening in my life. And I think that's why she went. She went because she knew that there was at least one person in this world who knew what it was like to be pregnant when no one else expected you to be pregnant. Now, when I read down through this account that I just read to you a few moments ago, when I look at Elizabeth, I see Elizabeth serving a very important role, and that is as one who is the wise older woman. Not only that, she is a woman who brings blessings upon Mary. She talks about blessing Mary for the obedience that she has towards the Lord. And Elizabeth blesses the baby in Mary's womb. Now, a little thing you may not catch when you first read Elizabeth's story earlier in, in Luke chapter 1, but Elizabeth is a descendant of Aaron. And Aaron is the very first priest in the nation of Israel. And Aaron is given a job 
in, in Numbers chapter 6, where he is to regularly pronounce a blessing over the nation of Israel. Happens to be the blessing that, that, that I say over you when you leave here every Sunday. So, one of the roles of, of the descendants of Aaron was to bless the nation of Israel, to bless the people through whom God was going to bless all the world. And so, when I see Elizabeth, I see this woman who is called to be a blessing, to, to speak words of blessing into the life of Mary. And, and I imagine that the whole time that Mary stayed there, which, if I'm reading it correctly, I think she was there about three months. And, and she's, she's every day getting blessed by Elizabeth. And, and it makes me ask this question today, who blesses you? Who, who speaks blessings into your life on a regular basis? And even better than that, to whom do you speak a blessing each and every day? Because you see, I think one of the reasons that we have families, whether they be biological or the families that we create within our connections of, of people, is so that we have somebody who can bless us on a regular basis. Mary and Elizabeth's story really reminds us that we all need connection, whether it's from that biological family or through that family that we create in the relationships that nurture us. Now, all that draws me back to our movie for today, which is Home Alone. And it draws me back to, to the scene that I think is the whole key for understanding the movie Home Alone. And it's the scene between Kevin and old man Marley. And by the way, do you get the connection, the name Marley? You understand that what, he's, what, what the writer of Home Alone did was to connect Marley back to Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Who is Marley? Marley is the ghost who comes and tells Ebenezer Scrooge, you need to change while you still can. And I think that's the role that, that Marley plays in the story for Kevin. So, so Kevin... You know, you got to remember this. Kevin isn't the only person who's home alone on his street. Marley's also alone. He, he's alone because he's estranged from his son and family. Somewhere we learn in the story that Marley and his son had a falling out. Now, Marley's not even quite sure what it was, but they just decided not to talk to each other anymore. So they were both alone. And now Marley finds himself sitting there in the church sanctuary on Christmas Eve watching his granddaughter's rehearsal of their Christmas Eve service. Because as he tells Kevin, I don't feel welcome by my son during that service. Now I love the fact, I love the fact that Marley looks at, looks at Kevin in that scene and he says to Kevin right away, but but I want you to always know that everybody's welcome in a church, anytime. See, 
I think you can take any movie that's ever made and you can find all sorts of important things for us to learn about our faith because what is faith? It's living everyday life. So as, as they're sitting there and they're, they're, they're listening to this music, Kevin and Marley are having this conversation and that is when Marley makes the statement, how you feel about your family is a complicated thing. Now just listen to this for a moment. I'm just going to read it really slowly this morning. Marley says, deep down, you'll always love them. But you can forget that you love them. And you can hurt them. And they can hurt you. And that's not just because you're young. Two of them go on and they keep this conversation going for a while. And, and Kevin, Kevin finally asks the question. He, says, he asks Marley, he says, Marley, why don't you call your son? And Marley says, I'm afraid. I'm afraid because I don't know if my son wants to talk to me. And then Kevin, Kevin says, well, I used to be afraid. Kevin, who's seven years old, staying all by himself at home. I used to be afraid, but I'm not afraid any longer. I'm 59 years old, and I get afraid being at home alone. But Kevin says, I used to be afraid of the furnace in the basement. And then he has this wonderful line where Kevin says to Marley, but I'm not afraid any longer because I turned on the light. I'm not afraid any longer because I turned on the light. And I realized it was no big deal. Kevin then says <clears throat> to Marley, call your son. He says, whether or not he talks to you, Marley, you will know and you won't be afraid. And then Kevin throws in for good measure, I think you should do it also for your granddaughter because she probably misses you and the presents. If you haven't watched Home Alone, go home and watch it today. If nothing else, just watch this scene. About 15 minutes of the movie. And it'll speak to you. So Kevin goes home. He thwarts the wet bandits with all those wonderful schemes. Kevin goes to sleep on Christmas Eve, and you, you remember at the beginning of the movie, Kevin just wishes that his family was all gone, and he woke up, and they were gone. And now on Christmas Eve, he, he goes to bed wishing and hoping and praying that they'll be there on Christmas morning. And so when he wakes up, he starts running through the house, just as 
he had hoped that they would all disappear. He had hoped that they would all show up. And then there's that scene where he and his mom connect. And Kevin begins to realize that he's not alone anymore and he has family. And then the rest of the family comes in. They got on that, that wonderful flight from Paris. And you know how that part of the story goes. And then after the heartwarming scene, you know, Kevin looks out the window, and as he looks out the window, he sees Marley's house. And he sees the snow falling, and he sees Marley wrapping his arms around his son, around his daughter-in-law, and around his granddaughter. Family. The biological ones and the ones that we create are complicated things. But boy, do we need them. We need the connection. We need people who understand what it's like to be in our position. A lot like Mary and Elizabeth. We need people who will speak blessings over us and over the things that we're carrying. We need people who are going to tell us not to be afraid. We need people who are going to encourage us to overcome those fears and to make the call. And while I won't promise you that you'll find a hallmark ending, I will tell you this, you'll never know unless you make the call. So let's be honest today. There are a lot of us, a lot of people in general, who are just downright afraid. Just downright afraid. Fearful of things in the world, fearful of family, fearful of connection. And what is it that we need to overcome the fear? We need someone to connect with. We need someone that we can connect with. And whether that's your family by birth or your family by connection. Families are complicated. But families are necessary. Let's pray. How you feel about family is a complicated thing. Deep down, you always love them, but you can forget that you love them. You can hurt them, and they can hurt you. But Lord, we thank you for families. Whatever form they may take in our lives, we thank you that they are an opportunity for us to understand what love is all about. And while there may be times where we are forgetful and hurting, Lord, we thank you for the love that we find in those people who bless us, 
and care for us. Lord, may we look around us at this time and see the need to reach out to those who need a family right now. May we be that family for them. And may they be the family for us. Because deep down, we'll always love them. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. joining us on the Lingolstown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you'll leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.lingolstownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.